0: Hello and welcome to the Be Health Curious podcast where we talk all things bariatric surgery. I'm Robin, one of the founders of Health Curious, and today we're talking with Amber Boyd. Amber is a therapist who had bariatric surgery herself and has recently created a book and journal to help support patients through their own
1: bariatric journey.
0: As always, I will let her introduce herself. Please enjoy.
1: My name is Amber Boyd. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in the states of both California and Texas. I have a private practice called Healing Through Authenticity, which is specifically dedicated to folks of color working through and dismantling the myth that uh, mental health is not important in those communities. I'm also an author and a podcast host, and I'm also running some support groups and have created a journal slash workbook to work with bariatric patients around understanding their why, creating community, recognizing their support systems. So
0: yeah. Amazing. There's so much to unpack here. I'm curious how you came to the name Healing Through Authenticity. Why is authenticity so important
1: to you? So authenticity is really important to me because I think that as we move through the world, especially as folks of color, there's the need to sometimes wear a mask in order to be palatable to other folks. And there's a lot of that's lost in that translation around who we are as people. Mm-hmm. And the pieces of ourselves get kind of chewed up, spit out, and put to the side. But one of the things that became important to me in my own walk and journey was like how do I be the most authentic version of myself and not for it to be palatable to everybody but to just be honest and truthful and forthcoming and vulnerable even so that I can make space for who I actually am versus who other people want me to be so I wanted to co-create space with other folks including my clients around what could that look like for them like who are they who would they like to be, what changes do they feel like they'd like to make, and do so in a healing fashion in their most authentic light.
0: And how does this all weave into bariatric surgery and that journey? Because I know a lot of the materials you've made are around bariatric surgery. How does authenticity tie into that journey?
1: Yes, I think that when it comes to health, I think that there's this stigma around, like, there is this diet culture um, that's fed into a lot of our communities, but it doesn't speak to elements around relationship to body, relationships to food, and Mm -hmm. how those sometimes can be really intertwined from the biopsychosocial perspective. So, your body is also influenced by your social environment, which is also impacted by your mental health, your emotional well being, and all of those things. So not kind of tackling or addressing or engaging those pieces of self, that can be a challenge around making a change with some health concerns or things that may come up around, like, how do we be the healthiest form of ourselves, both mind, body, and spirit? So I decided to get bariatric surgery myself in June of last year, 2021, and wanted to get to a health. Healthier space Because historically in my family run some really deep health issues. And I had also started to develop those health concerns as well and wanting to just be the healthiest version of myself. And that was one of the better things. So I've been able to manage diabetes and getting high blood pressure under control and just trying to work on my relationship to my body and my relationship to food on a consistent basis without trying to be meaning minimizing or like restrictive and so wanting to support people and feeling like that's okay to do
0: that's amazing i love how you're taking health from so many different angles really holistically i know we've spoken in the past about you going to mexico to get your procedure done i know this is something that a lot of patients consider can you tell us a bit about that experience
1: Sure. So I initially had gotten a referral from my primary care physician. And unfortunately, like in going to that consultation, I had to pay for everything out of pocket. Even the consultation itself was about $200. And once I met with the surgeon, whom actually said something that I don't think was intended to be disrespectful or it was uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, He made a comment about me being too dainty to have weight on me like this. And I was really saddened by that, that somebody would feel comfortable enough to comment on my weight like that. And he let me know that to do surgery with him, it would be between $19,000 and $21,000 out of pocket. And uh, my insurance didn't cover it. I was feeling really defeated about the process and just trying to figure out how I would be able to afford a surgery because the health insurance I had in the past actually was going to pay the whole thing, but I wasn't in a, a mindset to be able to do it. And when I had finally made that shift, I was feeling defeated that it was something that was unaffordable. Once I started having these conversations, I had talked to two of my sorority sisters, whom both had the surgery as well, they told me that there were some other options had I thought about looking at centers in other places. And at first I was like, absolutely not, because I had also known of the stigmas of going to other countries and other spaces to get surgeries done. So there is this demeaning way that folks talk about procedures in other countries, because it's the idea that America is the foremost like we know you know how to do things everything runs smoothly when that's not always the case either I think each you know practice has their own malpractice or things that uh, take place and each Mm. person's surgery is different to make a long story short I decided to look into some different programs and um, I had joined some Facebook groups and was able to do my research I was putting them side by side what they offered how they engaged patients and decided to choose one in particular and I'm actually pretty glad I made that choice so far it's been it's been a successful journey thus far
0: You said something really interesting where the insurance you had in the past would have covered bariatric surgery, but you weren't yet ready.
1: Can you elaborate a bit more on what changed? Absolutely. Um, I think when it was being offered to me before, I was a lot younger and I still was, you know, um, considered clinically morbidly obese. And I think it was other people telling me I needed to have it and not me making the decision on my Mm -hmm. own. I was really defiant or maybe not defiant. I I don't know if that's the word, but I really didn't feel like my best interest was at heart, even though maybe it was intended, but the impact of the way that it was being pushed upon me felt very disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, folks didn't have ill intent. I think it was the desire was to make sure that I could have longevity in life. Mm -hmm. But I also was concerned that I hadn't made the decision myself. I didn't say this is something yes. I wanted to do. People were telling me that I needed to do it. And then as I was developing more health concerns, I noticed that the more freedom I had, as far as that I moved from California to Texas, I was on my own and I could do what I wanted to do and all of these things. I also increased how I was consuming things. I was doing it mindlessly and, you know, to feel spaces of boredom or loneliness or feeling overworked and tired and so food became a real big comfort for me and I decided that a change needed to come and it wasn't just the gym like I was going to the gym I was pretty consistent with it and I still wasn't necessarily seeing the changes that I wanted and I had developed diabetes and had gotten to my highest weight ever that's when I definitely was like, no, this is, this is going to happen.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. what has been the most surprising thing about your personal journey so far?
1: That's a really good question. Surprising thing. I think there's the misconception about weight loss journey that this is a a cure-all and not that it's a a surprise as like, whoo, surprise. It was more so like, Okay. There's a lot of different things that are important to unpack. It's not just a magic wand or a magic pill or something that just changes everything about your outlook, your relationship to food, your relationship to your body, your relationship to the people in your life. Those don't change with this surgery. They actually enhance some of those things. You're constantly thinking about what you're going to eat, how much you're going to eat, what time you're going to eat. Are you good enough? enough water can you go to this restaurant? How can you make sure you don't eat as much so you don't get sick? How do you make sure you don't eat too little so you don't get sick? So there's all of these different factors. You have to kind of, and I know that it can be hard to be vulnerable to tell people like, you know, I had surgery, so I can't do certain things or I can't eat certain things anymore. Like sugar, I can't, sugar actually makes me sick if I have it in a huge quantity. So I have to be mindful, like, do they have sugar-free alternatives should I get unsweetened tea versus sweet tea or just drink water and I I can either eat or I can drink and I need 30 minutes in between. It's not a cure-all and how much time and energy goes into making sure like my body is getting the, the things that it needs and that the relationships to things and to myself don't change with this surgery. There's so many things that you have to be cognizant of on a regular basis.
0: That's amazing. So now I asked you about the most surprising thing. What has been the most challenging part of your journey so far?
1: The most challenging part is the mindset shift. I think that my brain will sometimes tell me that I can still do certain things like eat quantities that I can't eat anymore. Like if I look at a plate, sometimes, you know, the saying is my eyes are bigger than my stomach, which feel like literally that's the case right now because they take like 80%. <laughs> um, so I think that there are times when I think I've made a small plate and I'm like, oh, I can eat all of that. Or should be able to eat all of that. And then sometimes I will force myself or will feel myself getting full and still take that last bite. And then I've overdone it. So it could literally be four ounces or less. And I'm still like, you know, I can eat all of that. And then once I get to that last bite or two, I don't want to waste it. And that has always been a mindset thing for me is you don't want to waste food. I really don't like to waste food. And that's where you know I, I've created a narrative. I should just continue to eat in spite of feeling full.
0: Mm, that's such a good point. So now I want to shift gears a bit and actually ask you about how your experience in therapy has influenced your approach to your own bariatric surgery journey, as well as helping others through their journey.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question as well. I I don't know that I would have been able to do this journey without mental health support. I think, again, it, a lot of it is a mindset shift. So being able to talk through the beautiful and the not so beautiful aspects of making a change, like how we relate to people The perception is really big as far as um, how we see ourselves and how other people see us and even taking in, you know, other people's concerns, fears, thoughts can really impact decisions or indecision that we make about our own lives. And I had to release those things, like how other people felt like I should do certain things so that I could focus on myself and with the support groups, because I haven't done individual work with folks who are doing bariatric surgery so far, it's just been support groups. The feedback that I'm getting from the folks in my group, which is going so well right now, and I'm so grateful for it, is that They haven't had a space to be able to talk about these things openly, like have a forum to feel Mm -hmm. safe and comfortable enough to be vulnerable, to talk about what are their challenges, their concerns, the joys. So to be able to do that amongst folks who are in the same either starting their journey already in the journey or where I'm at right now, which is almost um, today, seven months post-op. So just being able to have these different perspectives and being able to unpack some of that, that's helpful for folks, just being able to talk it out and Mm -hmm. not having someone tell you what your journey should be. I've gotten that both from my therapy and what I'm trying to facilitate in the support group.
0: That's beautiful. So, you've written a new book. I love for you to tell us a bit about it and also tell us what inspired you to
1: write this new book. Absolutely. So Preparing for Your Bariatric Journey is um, a journal slash workbook that I created two days out of surgery. As I was sitting in my program and listening to some of the folks who were there and uh, we were all in a group together waiting for something to start and I was just hearing the process that they were going through or things that they haven't been processing. I was like, you know, I think I could develop some kind of tool or support system that would allow folks to write out what is the why? Why did you decide to have bariatric surgery? And to be able to develop a narrative or take control of their narrative. I think there are times that doctors or medical providers, family members, other folks will influence the need or desire to have something as serious as bariatric surgery, but they don't get a chance to take control of their narrative. So wanted to make a space to be able to write out what the narrative had been and how was it helpful and how is it detrimental and how do you change that narrative as you need it to change I also talked about supports. I think that going through something like this, it's important to have folks in your corner and they don't necessarily have to be family. They can be whomever you desire as your support system. And both of my best friends were very present for me during this journey, even though they aren't in this, you know, they're not going through this similar journey. They were at the forefront of making sure that I have what I needed. And I'm forever indebted and grateful for their energy and their affirmation and their validation around choosing myself. They were holding me up in times that I wasn't sure. So I I talked about what it could look like for their support systems, what they may need, questions that they might want to ask them. Then I gave some like resources in the back that allows them to go weekly on um, what can you eat this week? You know, sometimes you go from liquid to soft foods, to puree, to, to more solid. Food, so being able to have it written down what that looks like. So yeah, I was able to then develop my support group as a result of writing the book.
0: That sounds incredibly helpful. You and I have spoken previously about narratives. And like you mentioned, they can be so powerful. How have narratives influence how you think about your health, your body and your life? And how have you been able to rework that to work for you?
1: Absolutely. So I think the narrative for me has been that I just needed to do X, Y, and Z and I wouldn't be this size or look this way or do certain things. And I think that my narrative was being told to me, like being a bigger body person was a problem and that I just needed the solution and I would have the things that I needed, whether it was better health, relationships to people, relationships to myself or the relationship with myself. And it's a lot more complicated than that. Again, I think it's the biopsychosocial, like it is social environment, having to unlearn behaviors, unlearning emotional eating versus actual hunger. I think it's undoing and unlearning the ways in which there are contradictions within like the family context, because I think sometimes my family would say things like, well, I need to lose weight or we all need to lose weight. And then, Nobody does anything or it just feels like I'm, I'm always hyper visible and hyper invisible at the same time. Like my weight is the first thing that people see and then I'm qualified or not qualified based on like being perceived in this bigger body. So I think those narratives definitely impacted how I saw myself and I wanted to change the narrative that I get to choose how I show up and get to identify authentically who I am as a person and that my weight doesn't define that. The desire for weight loss surgery was to amplify the time that I have on this earth and that I want to help people along the way. That's the narrative now. I'm here, you know, wanting to be the healthiest version of myself on all levels and I want to be able to support people in doing the same.
0: That's beautiful. From your book and this conversation, what do you hope people will take away from your message?
1: Yeah, I would hope that folks know that you making this decision doesn't make you weak or incompetent or a failure. Because I think the narrative can be out there that if you go this route, you've taken the easy way out. And that is absolutely false. And Mm -hmm. I think that this exercise culture is like, yes, those things can enhance health. And I want to be clear that there's also this need to address other things in our lives that also amplify. So if there are medical concerns like thyroid and PCOS and diabetes and high blood pressure, those things are also genetic. So are we addressing how we can have different kinds of relationships? I don't want to say better because I think that invalidates folks' experience and how Things get passed down in the DNA um, that we don't even have control over all the time. Like, how do we address those things? And when they do come, if they do come based on behavior, how do we not demonize? How do we look at it as this is what's happening right now? And you're not a bad person or you're not a failure for not having done X, Y, and Z, but you are an amazing person and you deserve to have the support that you need. So I hope that folks will look at this book and and think, you know, she gets it. She hears me. She sees me. Like, even though I'm not looking directly at (laughs) anyone, but that the words resonate, you're not a failure because this is not the last ditch effort or last resort type of thing. It's, this is a choice. You're choosing yourself and it's okay to make a drastic change. You don't have to be less than to make it.
0: Thank you for sharing all that. Where can people find your book? Where can people follow you?
1: My book is available on Amazon and it is called Preparing for Your Bariatric Journey. And my support group has the same name. And um, my handles for social media are at healing through authenticity and I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook my website is amberboytherapy.com. wonderful is there anything else you'd like to add um, I'm appreciative for this space to be able to talk about my journey and I also will be detailing more about my bariatric journey and my podcast is entitled moments of authenticity I know that there's a, there's a lot of authenticity in there but moments of <laughs> it's <authenticity>, important <laughs> which is available on spotify apple anchor and google podcast you know it's a long journey it's not just a quick fix yes. it really is you know a process
0: love it love it all thank you so much for joining us amber i appreciate you sharing so authentically <laughs>
1: thank you
0: i'm so excited thank you if you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more content like this please consider subscribing to the Be Health Curious podcast so you don't miss a beat. Thank you for listening, stay positive, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.